Welcome to the Intentional House Podcast. Here, it's all about creating beautiful homes that actually help families love better. Here's your host, the home coach herself, Carly Thornock. Hey, homies, it's Carly. So glad that you're here. This is the official podcast of Intentional House, where we drool over helping families design and maximize their homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. We're talking about chores. We're talking about messes, and we're talking about the actual layout and the furniture selection of your home. Wherever house and family intersects, that's where we are, and I would love nothing more than for this to be a doable, pleasant, amazing experience for every mom in the world. If you feel like you're having a hard time figuring out your house, you're in the right place. As far as life goes on the Thornock home front, (laughs) our little, a little update is that right now we are currently camping in Corpus Christi, Texas, and it's so beautiful. It's a little cloudy today, a little cold, but that didn't stop us from all running out into the ocean to do our cold therapy this morning. (laughs) It was cold. (laughs) There were people like in their full on parkas, beanies, bundled up watching us, I'm sure with a great puzzlement, but we had a good time. My kids have decided to become a rock shop owners, a rock shop owners, rock shop owners, (laughs) they've decided to create a rock shop and they've set up a table and rocks at all these stops that we're camping at, selling rocks to people that they found off the side of the road and all of our various campsites. And they're making bank. And it's the funniest thing ever to watch because just their passion for rocks, people are paying them and paying them lots of money for these awesome rocks that they found. (laughs) What I'm learning from my kids is when you love something, share it because people are always looking for something to love. We met the coolest lady in Bisbee who took us on a tour of her off-the-grid solar house. She was really awesome. She had built-in catwalks around her house, like how some restaurants have trains that go around the dining room of the restaurant. She had built-in catwalks, and her cats could go wherever they wanted. It was so cool, so fun. And then she also had built a turret with a reading nook inside. So like you go up this spiral staircase from her kitchen and there's cushioned seats all around a circular lookout with 360 degree windows and then books everywhere. Like there's books on a table in the middle. There's books all the way around the top of the the top of the room. There's books under the benches. There's just books everywhere. My little son, Eddie, got up on one of the benches and he was like, mom, read me a book. I don't even care what book Somebody needs to read me a book in here. And I loved it. I loved the invitation of the space. He was totally into it. Like, here I am. I'm surrounded by books in a beautiful place. I must be reading. Somebody read me a book. <laughs> it was amazing. We've had a really good time so far. We've been gone three weeks now from our house in our trailer house. And it's been fantastic. The only thing now that I'm learning how to deal with is the sand. So if anybody has really good sand tricks keeping out of tents and or trailers and or in any sand tips, please send, please send ASAP. <laughs> oh, we visited the Alamo last week. Beautiful. We rode a hop on hop off bus around San Antonio and had a friend recommend an amazing Mexican restaurant to us. I was just blown away by that beautiful city. So much charm. Loved the river walk. If I could go back there and just like sit on the river walk, I would for hours and hours. Unfortunately, my children don't love sitting and watching people as much as I do. They would rather try to jump in the river. So we made the river walk, you know, a, a quickly moving experience, but we, we all experienced it and it was really, really fun. 
the update on the ranch. I feel like I need to update you guys on the ranch because we've been waiting for our well for so long. It's almost been a year now that we've owned our lot out in the middle of the Utah desert (laughs) with the the co-op. And we finally have a well drill date in April. We've had a couple of well drill dates. So far, it hasn't happened, but now we have paperwork. We're starting to move ahead on the process. It's feeling really great. I'm excited. I have hopeful optimism. And if it all goes to pot, we'll just travel in our trailer indefinitely. Perfect. Win-win, right? Okay. Now, today's little lifesaver. Living in trailer, things get messy really quick. We have 258 square feet and things blow up very fast when they do. So it's not uncommon for me to walk into a room or to look across the room because really it's like one big room, right? And to be like, this place is chaotic. This place is a mess. What bomb went off? But the great thing about living in a small space is that while it gets messy really quick, it also cleans up really fast. So the thing that I really rely on a lot, of course, my broom and of course, like my dish scrubber, But third place is probably my Swiffer mop. I have never had a Swiffer mop before. I was like, whatever, this trendy thing. I don't need that. I'll just use a paper towel on my floor. I'll just use an old school mop. And I do love my 360 spin mop. But in the trailer, there's no room for a 360 spin mop. So I have the Swiffer and it's tiny and I love it. And my children love it and they always want to Swiffer mop my house. And I love that. I can just be like, who wants to Swiffer mop today? And they all volunteer and they fight over who gets to mop. And then everybody gets a turn and we all have to make sure that everybody has enough time to do their mopping. And they don't even know it's a chore. It's amazing. So from the skeptic, from the previous skeptic to you, the Swiffer mop has been a delightful experience for the trailer life. I love that I can Swiffer my whole house in five minutes. (laughs) It's really great. And keeping the sand out is a good sweep and a Swiffer right out the door and things are back to normal. Of course, I have to do that a lot. But when you have an easy tool, it's not as painful. Today, we are going to talk about something that feels really fun to me. And I hope that it feels fun to you. But I wouldn't be surprised if right now you don't feel fun about it. And that's totally okay. So stick with me. Stick with me because by the end, I want you to feel like designing your house is fun and easy. We're going to talk about the easiest way to design your house. What? What's the easiest way to design your house? It isn't easy, right? I hear you now. Well, let's talk about what makes something easy and what makes something hard. First of all, this is what we need to clarify. So when something is easy, we have confidence that we can do it. We've done it before and or we believe that we can do it. These are two different kinds of confidence. One is confidence in our skill. We've done it before. The other is confidence in ourself. I can figure anything out. So when we are doing something new, like potentially designing a house, putting together a house, especially if this is your first home build or you're a move where you're actually the owner of your house and you can have, take more liberties instead of renting. Or maybe you're doing a renovation and you're making decisions again, a new that maybe you've never made before, or maybe you have, but this is, these home decisions aren't something that you just make every day. You don't redo your bathroom every day. So often it will feel new when it's time to do those things. What makes something easy? Since you haven't done those things and you don't have a skill in doing them, it's not your job. You don't do it every day. You get to bring the confidence in yourself to the table. And this is what will allow your home renovation, your home design to feel easy. 
is you being confident in yourself. Not that you know how to do it because you don't, but confident that you can figure anything out and that you won't settle for hating it. (laughs) So many of my clients are like, but what if I hate it? What if I do it wrong? What if I spend all this money and then I just hate it? Well, don't. Don't allow yourself that option. Don't allow yourself the option of I'm going to hate this. If you think, what if I hate it? Chances are likely that you're going to set yourself up to hate things. You're not going to make good decisions. But if you say to yourself, I know that I'm going to like this and I'm going to pick stuff that I know I'm going to like, then you're going to pick stuff you know you like, right? So for an example, let's say you're choosing tile. Let's go with this bathroom renovation thing. And you're choosing tile for your shower. And there's a few tiles that are good. You like the tile. You think they're going to be just fine. But there's one that you love that calls to your heart, that speaks to you, that you're like, this is fantastic. Just really love this tile. Now, likely, if you're like me, (laughs) the one tile that speaks to you is probably more expensive than the other ones. And you're like, oh, well, I could probably settle. This is good enough. These other ones are going to be fine. Now, you can totally go that way. And if your budget is a huge concern in that consideration and you want, you like those reasons, by all means, go ahead, choose whatever tile you want. It doesn't matter in the end. But if you are having the thought, I am going to choose a bathroom that I really like. I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to choose what I know that I love. And it can really be that easy. Then it can be that easy. You choose the tile that you love. Have you ever been to a store and you see like a shirt. This happens to me with coats a lot. (laughs) Apparently I have a coat weakness, but when I see a beautiful coat, I'm like, I love that coat. I never feel like lukewarm about a coat. I'm like, I love that coat or I hate that coat. It's either all in or, or nothing. Zero or 10 for me. Coats are really easy that way. For you, what do you know that you love? What does that feel like in your body? When you see something you love, do you recognize it? Maybe that's a place where you can get more familiar with yourself because it's not going to be easy to design your house if you don't know what it feels like in your body to love something. How are you going to recognize something? How are you going to create that in your body? Maybe you're just most afraid that you don't know how to love something, which is very, very different. Isn't that so exciting? So this is how we create ease. We just pay attention to what we love and then we get what we love. And we don't really make a lot of drama about it. I love it. That's what's in my house. Done. It can be easy. Now, what makes something difficult? What makes something hard? Something hard is when we get in our heads and we pile on a bunch of drama and anxiety and we tell ourselves that we don't know and that it's very hard and very confusing. That is the hardest thing about hard things. Of course, there's stuff that's uncomfortable. Of course, there's like uncertainty and insecurity that comes from being green at something, being new at something. Sure, that, and that feels uncomfortable. But the true like pain and the hardness that we feel about making decisions entirely comes from our brain, like riffing off on the, the discomfort and making it mean that we're bad or making it mean that we're embarrassing or making it mean that we don't know and we'll never know and we're bad at this. When we make things harder than they need to be, the only person that's really suffering it is you. You can make decisions from love. You can make decisions from confusion. This can be as hard as you want it to be. This can be as easy as you want it to be. 
So if I handed you a napkin and a pen, let's imagine that we're just sitting in a booth together at a really cute cafe somewhere on the East Coast, because that sounds romantic, doesn't it? And I would slide across a pen and a notebook and it would be just like slightly raining outside, like the creative juices are flowing. And I'd be like, you have five minutes to design your dream house on this napkin with this pen. Go. What would you do? I know that a lot of you would be like, "Uh, I don't know how, but Carly, I don't know how. Wait, 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 wait. And I'd say it doesn't have to be perfect. Just one draft, just a sketch. And now you have four minutes and 50 seconds. Then you'd start, right? You'd get to work and you'd start with what you know. Of course, that is not how I design homes with my clients. <laughs> but that feels kind of like Mission impossible don't you think? Like you have five minutes, design a dream house, go. You're on the clock. But what if you only had five minutes to sketch out your best guess at what your dream house would be right now? And what if it can be cruddy? What if you could throw away that napkin right away. You're not making a commitment. You're not signing a contract. You're not doing, you're not putting money down. You're not doing anything. You're just imagining what your dream house would be. The place that you would start is with what you know. If you only have five minutes, you don't have time to look on Pinterest. You don't have time to ask people's opinions. You don't have time to call an expert. You don't have time to phone a friend. All you can rely on is what you know and what you know you like and what you've experienced. That's all that you have. And frankly, that is all that you need. The rest can be helpful if it feels fun. But truly, all you really need is your own brain and your own heart. Those are the required elements. Okay, so let's do this exercise. I actually want you to do this. Pause this podcast if you are in a place for pausing. If you're driving, do not do this exercise currently. Pull out whatever rando piece of paper you have, some gum wrapper, some kids, random piece of trash. You guys, we were were at the Alamo and my kid, like I look at my backpack and one of my kids had put somebody's plane ticket in my backpack. It was a used plane ticket. Otherwise, I would have found the person. But like, what? Why do I have? Who? Who's this person? <laughs> why do I have a plane ticket in my? Anyway, so if you have kids, I know you have some random piece of paper in your purse. Grab it. Take five minutes. Set the clock. You have five minutes. Just draw out what you think your house would look like. You can do it in floor plans. You can write it in a list. You can do an elevation drawing. I like to do blueprints because I am that way. I just like like doll houses and imagining spaces and stuff. It's how my brain works. But do this however it works for you. You have five minutes. Go. Now, when you start with what you know, you're probably going to hearken back to like your childhood home layout. You'd make, and then you just like make little tweaks based on what you know until you like it. So you'll combine like your growing up house Plus like the vacation Airbnb you took that you love these certain things about. Plus your house right now, the things that you love and the things that you don't. And that is a very comprehensive list. Like you have lived life. You aren't new to this. You think that you're new to this. You are not new to your life. You're doing a great job. You know how you like to do things. So the easiest way for you to design a home is to do these two steps. Rinse and repeat. First, start with what you know. Step two, tweak it until you have no more changes in your mind. In your mind, Then let it sit. Then you're going to start noticing different things. You're going to start knowing different things. You're going to add it to your list. 
then you're going to start noticing more things. You're going to add it to your list, add it to your floor plan, and then you're going to tweak it. Okay. So this can, of course, go on indefinitely, but you're going to get 95% of the way there in like three iterations. The rest is going to be minutia that actually doesn't matter. The biggest impact of designing your dream home is these first three iterations. Okay. This is how I design homes. This is how I've designed my home. This is how I help clients design their houses. And this is how I want you to start designing your house. You are the CEO of your home design team. You might hire architects. You might hire draftsmen. You might hire engineers. You might hire other designers. You might hire a home coach to help you figure it out. But you are the CEO. You are the one carrying the torch. You are the one making the decisions. You are the one with the money on the line. This ownership is not something that you can give to somebody else. It's just, it's you, it's your house. So it's worth it to you to take a stab at it and to let experts help you finesse the details. Of course, you could start with the load bearing wall and where it will be and how long you want it and how you want it to fit on the lot and what solar orientation will be best for your windowsill petunias. You can really start wherever you want. Whatever is the most compelling, most exciting way to begin, starting point for you, like go for it, of course. But for most of us, the details will feel hard and complicated. They will feel like the minutiae. They will feel like you get caught up and you're in way above your head and you don't understand what gauge copper wire needs to go into your electric system. And then you stop. So if you start with the details, you will feel overwhelmed, likely. But if you start with the big vision based on what you are already certain of because you've lived life, that's going to feel easy for you. Today, we're talking about the easiest way to design your house. We're not talking about how to nail down the 5,000 details that you're going to be keeping track of over the next year as you build or remodel or move. But we are just talking about the easiest way to get 95% of the result that you want. The other 5% will come in time with the right experts. But that is also easy. Okay, so let's go deeper with both of these steps and let's flesh out the nuances so you can better understand what I mean here and so you can apply this. So step one, start with what you know. When I was designing our home, our Hobbitish Hill house that we designed a few years ago and we never ended up building, I was super inspired by a conversation that I had one day with my friend Jaina and she's a fabulous designer herself and over a fun city lunch date we got talking about London's and London's about the city London and the flats there and she had been looking at London floor plans because she is obsessed like I am about looking at floor plans and imagining what it would be like to be there and all the things so she's like look at this floor plan it's what we designers do. We're weirdos. She texted it to me. She'd been looking at it. And this floor plan had a walk around tub. So imagine this: you walk into a bathroom and to the right along the wall are the sinks straight in front of you is the tub and it's against a wall. But the wall goes from floor to ceiling, but it doesn't go all the way left to right against the other two walls. It stops and there's doorways. And on the left of the tub is the, ba- the bathroom the toilet, and on the right of the tub is the shower. Fancy, right? That felt so fun to me. I was enamored 
I love the idea of the walk around. The hidden secret room. Like, where's the shower? I don't know. Look around the corner. Boom. There it is. Like, I thought it was so fun. I also studied abroad in London. Lived in a flat for four months. I'm enamored with everything British. And I just, it just has a special place in my heart to be inspired by both Jaina and this flat and this floor plan. It just like hit all the boxes for me. And I was like, what if walk around? What if walk around is a thing? So I took this idea and I ran and I started with the vision of walk arounds are cool. Like that feeling of like, oh, the hidden adventure, things to cool things to find, something un, uncommon and interesting to include in my house. I had a list of what we needed that I knew I needed, right? Because this is what I know. I know I like the idea that walk-arounds are cool. I knew that we needed at least two bedrooms, a kitchen, a living room, some bathrooms, and like a garage. I started with what I knew. Our last bedroom was too big. In our previous home, I didn't like how big our bedroom was. I felt like we were wasting space. That bugs me. I like to be intentional with our space. So I was like finding things to fill, and that's fine. That works out sometimes. But if I'm building from scratch, I want it to be the right size for me. So I didn't. I knew I didn't like this particular size of bedroom. And I thought, oh, I think I might like a square bedroom. Which leads us to step number two. So the things that I know that I know, the things that I'm certain of are, I need specific spaces in my house. I need a bedroom. Let's start, take the bedroom, for example. And I like the idea of this walk around mystery. How can I combine these two to be something interesting? And I don't have to like it. I can throw it away. But what could, what could I come up with? So step number two, tweak it till I like it. I drew a square on my paper. You guys, I do this on computer paper. I don't even do it on my fancy graph paper. I don't do anything. I just like draw a square. I don't make it the right dimensions. I don't make it like the right proportions. None of this. I just draw a square. And... Once I draw, I evolve. Hmm, bedroom. Here's my square bedroom. I consider my inspiration, the walk around. And the idea started to come. What if my closet was behind our bed headboard? What if our closet was a walk around closet? Oh, cool. That's kind of cool. Okay. Then what? Like the bathroom's just off to the side? Maybe. But what if the bathroom was the hidden door in the hidden closet? That would be cool. Okay, so what if I had the closet behind my headboard, you walk around a wall to get there, and you enter the bathroom from the back of the hidden closet? What would that look like? Let's see. Maybe it will be Uggs. Maybe it will be awesome. Let's see. I drew, and it was awesome to me. And by the end of my tweaking, I had bequeathed upon us a walk-around closet leading to our bathroom where there lived a walk-around tub. And then the magic continued in my heart. And in the kitchen, there was a walk-around wall where the sink and the appliances were along a wall and you can go around either side to reach the pantry, which is directly on the back of like the stove. Cool, right? Kind of different. Not sure if it would work at first, but you know, when you're just drawing on napkins, on like scrap pieces of paper, it doesn't have to work. It doesn't have to be right. It's just an idea. And I've loved it. So from there, I've designed this walk around pantry to include like a long counter on the back of my kitchen where all of my appliances will live plugged in. Lots of people do this in a pantry style, like a butler pantry, but I want it more accessible than that. Cool. That works for me. And in every spot that I can, I'm just designing these little walk around nooks because I think it's fun for no other reason than just being inspired. 
Now, as we're designing our net zero home for the ranch, I took all these components and I transferred them over to our new plans, which had a little bit more, uh, a, a different nuance to them. Instead of building them into the actual mountain, which we were planning to do with this first house, we are in the middle of the high desert. And so we're not going to be building into a mountain. We don't need the same requirements. We don't need three of four windowless walls because it's in the mountain, but we can have a kind of a regular looking house. So I took some house plans that I really liked and I cut up our old plans and I put them, the the old plans on top of the new plans so that I could understand how I would like this to go. So imagine this, I printed off these floor plans that I found on the internet, you guys, on the internet. And then I printed off my floor plans that I had had drawn up from our other house. I cut up my old floor plans and I put like my bedroom design on top of where the bedroom is in the new floor plans. And I just taped it right on top of it. So now instead of the standard closet that comes in their plans and the standard bathroom that comes in their plans, I've converted it to be my own design. Of course, I will have my draftsman draft it up and the the engineers check it off. They will make sure that all of my parameters work and that all the math adds up and it's going to be great and it won't fall down on us. Perfect. But I don't, that's not my expertise. And I don't worry about that. I take what I know and I adapt it to become something that fits what I need until it feels good. This is the easiest way to design your house. I'm convinced that doing it on paper, like those like magnet paper dolls that you had back back in the day where you had like a, a magnet doll and you could like put her magnet clothes on her and change them off or whatever. Think about this, but just with pieces of paper. Draw out your floor plan just like the perimeter of your house. And then place the little place, the little rooms where you think they should go. Done. That is it. Tape them on there scan them in, send them to a qualified draftsman, and he can make sense of it. He'll probably put them in, he or she will put them into his computer. He'll change things. He'll be like, you need a little bit more space here because you need 18 inches between your toilet and your tub and blah, blah, blah. And you'll be like, okay, fine, whatever. They will help you with these the minutiae, with the details. You'll take it to your electrician and they'll be like, you need plugs. Did you think about plugs? And you'll be like, oh no, I didn't think about plugs. I should think about plugs. So you go in and you put plugs every six feet. It's really not as hard as you think it's going to be. When you're trying to eat the elephant, don't think, how am I going to swallow this whole elephant in one bite? Just think like, what's the easiest way to start? One bite. Pick a place to start. I promise you will get there. First, to start with what you know, whether that's an inspiration like that was for me, this walk around inspiration. Maybe it's a color scheme. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a feeling. Maybe it's just an idea or a home in the past or something you saw somewhere, or maybe it's even a picture on Pinterest. Whatever it is that inspires you, that you, makes you want to create, do it. Just run with it. Get out your napkin. Then tweak it, combine it, shuffle it, cut it up, tape it back, redo it until you're like, this is compelling. And once you've reached a point where you're like, oh, I've, this isn't easy anymore, Hire the next professional that will help you make it easy. It doesn't have to be hard. This part, this part of conceptualizing how you want your house to feel and being the one who owns the inspiration for your house is something that I feel passionately about each homeowner doing for themselves. 
sure, you could like pay for the Carly Thornock inspiration. And I could come over and be like, yeah, I'm sitting out as I'm recording this podcast. I was sitting out and looking at the waves of Corpus Christi. And there was a lady in a pink hat and a pink sweater. And I think we should do your house with pink waves. Wouldn't that be great? Let me design it for you. Move over. And we could totally do your house based on this inspiration. But it would be something about my life that's reflected in your space. And when it's your house, that doesn't make any sense. Unless you have a personal tie to your inspiration, like why? Get some art that speaks to you. Work with an artist that you love who can bring inspiration to the table. But unless you like felt some sort of insane connection of like, I love the waves. I love Corpus Christi. All I wear is pink. This is exactly what I need. Let's do it, Carly. Yes. Like, don't do it unless you're that per- unless you're doing unless you're feeling that way, right? <laughs> when we take somebody's inspiration as our own, we're going to be left wanting. You have a beautiful life. You have a beautiful history and memories. You know what you like. You know how you want to feel in your own house. Create that. Let somebody help you draw up the exact plans and know where to put your plumbing and decide how many metals you need in a space. Like, look it up on YouTube. We, we can figure this stuff out. If it's just information, if it's just math, like we can do that. But nobody can put inspiration into your house like you can. This is your job to be the person in your house. If you ever find yourself confused, just remember the steps. Ask yourself, what do I know? What am I certain of? And what would I like to change? And then get curious. It's going to feel uncomfortable for a lot of us because you don't make decisions, right? Like we are very uncomfortable about making decisions and owning them. We want to be politically correct. We want to make sure that nobody is upset. We want to please everybody. We want to make sure our mother-in-law won't say those comments because it's just so much work to have to put up with her. No. No, no, no. You just do you. Who cares if you offend somebody? This is your house. Welcome to your house. You get to own this. If somebody comes in and starts critiquing your house, you can tell them to leave. You're protected by many laws about choosing who gets to come into your house. You legally and morally are allowed to do that without any guilt whatsoever. If you're having a birthday party, And somebody came in and was like, oh, I don't like vanilla cake. I don't like vanilla cake with green frosting. Ow. You'd be like, it's my birthday. Don't eat my cake. If you don't like my cake, don't eat my cake. I don't care what you want. It's my birthday. I'm choosing my cake. I want you to feel the same way about your house. If you don't like my house, you can leave. It's not for you to not like. It's my house. So many times we're setting up our houses to somebody else's standards, hoping to please other people. And I think we realized this with the COVID pandemic. I think we realized this again with like understanding that if we don't like our houses, what are we doing it for? Sometimes some people can't come over. Sometimes you're going to be the one at home a lot more than you thought you would be. Sometimes your spouse or you get sick and you aren't able to move around and leave and do all the things that you want to do. Sometimes you have a new baby and you're at home. Sometimes you homeschool and you live at home.
home with all of your kids all the time. Like we need our houses to be working harder for us. And in order for that to happen, we have to be honest about why we want our houses and what we want them to do for us. We need to be honest about what we know and what we like. And then we just need to be willing to take the chances to make mistakes and to tinker a little bit on our napkins. I'm not saying go out and and hire somebody to do your kitchen over 80 bajillion times. No, I'm just saying draw it out. So cheap, you guys. All it takes is a little bit of intention and a little bit of courage. If you would like, go grab a friend and do this exercise together. Slide them across a piece of paper and be like, we're doing five minutes. We're drawing our dream houses and then we can chat about it afterwards. Criticism leads to crying. If you're going to approach this with a critical eye, both toward yourself or towards your friend, right? But toward yourself is what I really won't care about you understanding. Criticism is going to lead to tears. Curiosity, this spirit of what would I like to change? What do I like? What do I know I love? Curiosity will lead you to creativity. And in that spirit, my friends, go make a huge mess. Hey, if you are loving everything that you're hearing, I want to invite you to join the Home Love Lab. This is the program where I take you through all the steps in anchoring your home design and renovation in the love that you feel for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, and for all the guests that come into your home. It's a revolutionary way to look at home design, and I'd love to have you join me. You can find more details about the Home Love Lab at intentionalhouse.com.